630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite team. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. It's not just McDavid versus Goliath. The captain has a first officer. Leon and Connor intend to leave the rest of the National Hockey League high and dry sidle when it comes to the chase for the Stanley Cup. Get ready for an Edmonton of fun in the playoffs. It's our time to shine. Getting better every game like a glass of wine. One step closer to the finish line. When it's done, All right, good stuff. Track called Oil City by the original Chew. And that voice you heard off the top, none other than the great Gene Principe from Sportsnet, who joins us now on Inside Sports. Hey, Gene, how's it going, buddy? It's two pasta. <laughs> that's that's amazing. That's your stage name now, eh? Yeah. The other one I like I got from one of my bosses, the Kanye or Gene Sportsnet West. Kanye Sportsnet West. There's a bunch of them. Uh, uh, I, I like uh, I like Tupac because I actually really enjoyed Tupac's music. Unfortunately, you know things ended not good. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, the original Chew, Chew the producer had the music in mind, the lyrics and all that, and he said, "Could you do just a little, little, little something?" I said, "I can do that." So uh, kind of neat. I've never uh, a couple things I've always wanted to do. This is one of them. I would always. I've always wanted to play a sportscaster, maybe a newscaster, but a sportscaster in a movie. And uh, I don't know if I'll ever get the chance, but I always thought that would be kind of a neat legacy, personally speaking. So for now, I'll deal with the number one hit, and then we'll worry about the number one movie. So tell us about the original Chew. Did you know him before he approached you about this song, or, or what's the relationship there? No, there, there was none other than he approached me about doing, you know, nowadays, um, it's and, and I know Reed, you you probably use it as well. You can message people, you can get a hold of people that you might not have access to, but through Twitter, through uh, Facebook, through Instagram, you can reach out to people. And uh, he's reached out to me, and uh, I said, yeah, I can do that. And uh, like anything in this day and age, you you, you kind of got to clear it. I, I used to always sort of beg for forgiveness as opposed to ask for permission, but nowadays I think it's better to ask for permission. So I got the clearance from work, and uh, yeah, he put together. I, I didn't know anything about it till it was released uh, yesterday, and uh, um, I think he did a great job, you know. And I think uh, the vehicle for it will really depend on on the team. If the team has a good long run, I think of '06. Um, who wouldn't want an Oilers song, you know, to to be involved in? So I hope not so much for my sake, but the team's sake, the city's sake, sake, and the original Chew's sake. That, that it's a it's a you know a hit for lack of a better term. Now, did you write your own material, or did he have that for you? You know, I I just wrote it. He just said if you could, you know, ten fifteen seconds, couple puns, you know, and uh, you know what you're you're known for, good, bad, or indifferent. And I said okay, and I just uh, I taped it on my phone and I sent it to him. He goes, yeah, that works. And then he he literally did everything else. He had a song back in 2017 as well uh, when the Oilers were in in their run, which took them to Game Seven of uh, 
the second round, which you're you're well aware of. And uh, yeah, he's a he's a local guy who uh, loves music and is is kind of finding his way into music for movies and music for television series. And uh, yes, and he's a huge Oilers fan. I guess we should start or at least mention that because you're not going to do a song if you haven't got a real uh, you know a real passion for the topic of the song and. The others are a huge passion of his, so he mixed one passion with another and ended up with that song. Now, has this made you cooler with your children? Um, can I get any more cooler than, than I already am? Um, Good point. I, I, I think it has. I, I think they think it's cool. I'm not sure they think what I'm doing on it is cool, but just that I'm I'm engaged with it and connected with it. Yeah, I mean you can you can listen to whatever ways you stream your music. My kids uh, do a lot on Spotify. Um, yeah, to to see you know their dad's name connected with the song on Spotify, for sure the cool quotient goes up uh, at least a little bit, and uh, we'll see if it continues to go up depending on on the song. Gene Principe joining us tonight on Inside Sports, and I've uh, tweeted it out, the, oh, the link to the song. The original Chew has it online, Oil City, Edmonton Oilers playoff rally song featuring Gene Principe. So there you go. People can, uh, we played your part off the beginning, but they can get yeah. the lyrics. Or I like all the references and the lyrics to some of the players and some of the yeah. past Oilers and struggles and what they're doing this year. So it's a it's a fun song for sure. And, yeah, uh, I, I agree. I agree. It's it's a it's a neat thing that uh, you know we haven't had a lot of opportunities for them uh, playoff songs, but I, especially this year at home, Hub City. You never know what could happen. So uh, hey, let's let them uh, get off to a flying start, and if they can make it to number one in the NHL, we'll see where the song goes. Gene Principe from Sportsnet joining us tonight at Inside Sports. I should update people here, Gene. The baseball game, Yankees 4, Washington 1. Oh, how fitting. It's in a rain delay. Oh, gee. <laughs> well, thank goodness the old Edmonton Trappers weren't playing about, what, about an hour and a half ago? Or Holy. Wow. That was quite the – it didn't last long, but, boy, what a <laughs> – I enjoyed, I enjoyed the answer the other day from uh, – uh, from uh, Tyler Ennis about what would what would you tell people about uh, Edmonton? They have lots of thunderstorms, and uh, that certainly has been the case this summer. Yeah, so baseball's uh, underway, and now it's uh, back to not being underway. Because and I, I think the Blue Jays are still looking for a place to play their games. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Dan Schulman was on the show yesterday. I don't know if you've ever met Dan. I have had the opportunity to interview him a couple of times. That voice, Gene, he, he's unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's one of those talk about voice envy, right? When you walk into a room and he introduces himself. I met him a long time ago before he he kind of burst onto the scene and and went off to ESPN and you know did every sport that that they have uh, contracts for and and now certainly in the last few years has really solidified his spot as the you know involved in the TV broadcast of the Blue Jays on on Rogers. Uh, I met him back when I worked in Toronto, '95 to '98, and I was like, "Whoa, this guy's got <laughs> this guy's got a voice, and he's got a voice." Sometimes I find Reed uh, in, in in the industry that we're in that a certain voice 
is really good for radio, maybe not as good for TV, or vice versa. It's really good for TV, but for some reason it doesn't, it just doesn't carry as well on radio. But I find Dan Shulman's voice, I mean, he could, you know, you, you could be calling your local car dealership and listening to him say, press one for, press two for, and I think everyone would be impressed. He's got a great set of pipes and he's, you know, he's a hell of an announcer. I mean, pick a sport, any sport, and uh, he's fantastic at it. Yeah, uh, he, he was fun to talk to. Uh, a couple other uh, notes here. Washington is going to go the route of uh, our team here in town. They will be known as the Washington NFL team. Yeah. And they will ha- they will keep very similar-looking uniforms. Uh, obviously, the red and gold is a good look for them. The, the logo off the helmets is gone, of course, and they're just going to have the player's number. So... That's how uh, they will they will proceed here moving towards the NFL season. Well, interesting. I mean, I know it's been a hot topic here, flagship station for the Eskimos and the Oilers, and uh, yeah, it's it's been a topic that I think people can disagree, but they have an opinion on. And and, and now I wait to see what may happen with. And I've heard that the Cleveland Indians are are talking, and the Atlanta Braves might be talking, and I'm sure there are other you know, franchises um, as well that are discussing it. Interesting that the Redskins, pardon my use of their old nickname, are following suit of what Edmonton has done. I'm I'm sure that it's resonated in the States as well, particularly in the football world. And, um, yeah, it's an interesting time. As a kid, I went to the, you know, Eskimo games at Clark Stadium, not whole gang. Um, I grew up with the Eskimos, watched them win those five great cups in a row. And, uh, yeah, uh, it's it's something that I was accustomed to, their, their previous team name. Uh, but uh, a lot of things have changed uh, since I used to sit in the Nautil gang for 50 cents a ticket. So if that means uh, catching up or finding yourself doing something that maybe is, maybe is more right than wrong, then then uh, kudos to them for spending the time, the effort, the money in order to make what they felt was a very informed decision. Gene, we've been around Oilers training camp ever since it got going. They had the the scrimmage last night to try to simulate a game day. And I asked Alex Chason, is this the first time you've played a night game since that yeah. game against Winnipeg? And then it was the latest they've been out there. And the Colby Cave scrimmage coming up on Saturday. Uh, things are going pretty I know a bit of a scare last night because McDavid got, got hit by a puck, but he was quickly back out on the ice and looking fine. Yeah, you know, I think now, Reed. Um, uh, we always are, are very um, uh, aware to stuff in practice. I remember 10 years ago, short of a guy getting a puck, you know, in the teeth or you could hear his leg snap, people were like, oh, you know, a guy got hit it. No, he's back. You know, like, not that we didn't care, but it's just the thirst for information. And it's amazing, you know, Connor getting hit by a puck. Uh, but finding out that he's, you know, coming back and, you know, he Winston, people want, people want, if you don't have the actual visual, they want a visual via the tweet uh, to explain to them exactly what's going on. So, sure, when it comes to Connor, by the way, he looks fabulous. And I know, I know that may, that, that may come under redundancy 101, but he looks really, really, really good. Like, uh, I, um, I don't remember him looking and he had a great season, 97 points. I'm not sure, and I know he's coming off the knee injury. He didn't look this good to start training camp for sure. And 
and and he looks just like whoa like if this is him in this short window i can hardly wait to see him in the playing tournament and then hopefully from there on in but he looks they look really good reed and i think I, i'm going to wrap up this point i think the opening day at camp we were up in the you know the nosebleeds of rogers place it was really hard to tell what was really going on in the ice and i think that's the beautiful thing of the community rink you're right there your feet away and you really can kind of sense what's going on and they've been physical they've hustled there's a lot of pace they're working hard they're specializing on their special teams six on fives they're like they're doing everything and I, i've been really really impressed with not only the players but just the format and, and the system and the approach that the coaching staff has had to this very brief training camp yeah, I've, I've noticed the tempo's been pretty high, and you're right, there has been some body checking. I, I yeah. do sense there are times where, okay, I got this guy lined up, but I it's it's a teammate. But there's been a, some moments where there's been a rub out along the boards or a collision, and I've thought, oh man, that's that that would happen in a game. They didn't hold up on those plays. And, and Broberg's been a big story. I, I think Ryan McLeod's been a big story. I don't know if either of them is going to play, but that bodes well for for the future, potentially in, in a year or two. I mean, maybe Broberg if they really need some some defensemen. I, I just think for Gene, for me, Gene, they, they should be favored against Chicago. Of course, you got to have the goaltending. And can the depth guys that Holland brought in contribute, starting with Archibald and Sheehan, who were brought in last offseason, and then looking at, obviously, Athanasiu and Ennis, and can Chase on be a secondary scorer? Those are the guys. If they round out the roster and give the Oilers, um, I w- I'm not going to say balance, because I don't think you're ever going to have balanced scoring on a team with two of the, the two top leading scorers in the league, but where at least, because they're, the last couple of years, if if the third or fourth lines were on the ice, Gene, you thought like, okay, the, the Oilers won't score. Best case scenario, they'll tie the shift. At least now you think, well, maybe Neil's going to pot one. Maybe Kara's going to pot one. Well, you know, and I go back to 06, and I don't think anyone went into that series or those playoffs thinking, hey, let's watch out for Fernando Pisani. You know, God right. bless him, bellissimo. I mean, he, he, put on a, he put on a show, and I, I still wonder if the Oilers would have won game seven, whether it would have been him or... Chris Pronger that would have won the con Smythe, but I, I wish it was an argument that we would have had. Unfortunately, we didn't. Uh, but for sure, uh, for sure, I I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that's what I like. I look at the Neil Chase on Caroline, and I'm like, if those guys do what even they've been subtly doing at scrimmages and in practice of being physical, playing big, dumping the puck in, I mean, that's not a lot of fun. And you got a two-time cup finalist and you've got a cup winner on on a third line right and then you've got like shane and archibald fantastic on the penalty kill for sure that you know that has to continue then you got a homegrown kid like tyler ennis who has plenty of skill and has has looked good not to mention kyler yamamoto comes up new year's eve and looks like he's been in the league you know two three four years and I'm at Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and then you've got Leon, and then you've got Connor. I mean, that is a that is a good good looking group of of forwards. So I I like that. And Matt Benning, as he said today on the Zoom call, I mean they've got a lot of depth on defense. Yeah, for sure. Drew Doughty's not there. There's no headman on the team. Okay, for sure. I get that. But Oscar Kluckbaum's a really good player, and Adam Larson can be an excellent shutdown defenseman. And Matt Benning plays hard, and Chris Russell will will block a shot from anywhere 
all the time. Uh, and then you've got Nurse, and then you've got Bear, who's developed. I mean, it's a good team. It really is a good team, not just you know two or three forwards and a one or two defense. It, it's a really good team, and so for that reason, as long as they don't get kind of spooked by a short series where. You know, it's been a long uh, break, and Chicago, they've got Kane and Taves and Keith. Uh, doesn't look like Crawford. Somehow they get on. I mean, all you got to do is get on a roll for like five days, and you could you could knock somebody out. And that has happened before. But barring some kind of unforeseen circumstances, Edmonton is set up to really do some damage, I think, in these playoffs. Yeah, I think a good team hoping to become a great team. That's how, that's how I look at it. Gene, you are already great, and now you're a, a great musician as well, or rapper or whatever you want to, vocalist. <laughs> you're a vocal stylist. There you go. Thank you. Well, I think it sounds like this interview is a rap, so I'm going to let you go. Yo, yo, Rito. <laughs> there he is, Gene Principe on Inside Sports. He says, Reed, somebody needs to ask this, so let it be me. Will there be pierogies in the bubble? Probably. I can't see why there wouldn't be pierogies offered at some point. We'll have to try to keep that updated. Lyle from Red Deer. Hi, Reed. Is there going to be a WHL season this year? Not sure how junior hockey at any level will happen. How can they do it without fans in the stands? Lyle, they can't. They have to have at least some fans in the in the stands. Uh, I do. I, look, I don't know for sure. We're sitting here late July. I, I do. I can't tell you for sure that there's going to be a Western Hockey League season. That's another story to keep following. Appreciate that, Lyle. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Back after the news. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, appreciate you tuning in tonight. Just had Gene Principe on the show. Always a blast to catch up with Gene, who's featured in a song by the original Chew called Oil City. I've tweeted out a link where you can listen to that. We had Beth Robertson on the show earlier, who is currently the vice president of the Reebok brand and also used to work for Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. She talked about the Seattle Kraken logo jersey name unveiled today. She likes it. 780-496-0063. I've been hearing some feedback from you, and we welcome now to the show the producer of this program and our analyst on EE Football broadcasts, uh, if and when we have them again, it is Dave Campbell. Dave, how are you doing? Hey, buddy. Doing good, man. Nice to be back. That's I, I, that sounded ominous. If and when I should say when I I do believe the <laughs> CFL will return. I mean, there's a I, I think there's a slight chance it won't, but I do think it'll be back next year at the latest. But before we go there, because there could be some developments here in the next 24 hours or so, what did you think the Seattle Kraken? What do you think? You know, I, I saw the logo. First, I love the name. The name the name is great. I, I just I just love it. Um, 
when I saw the logo, it's a simple logo, but man, did it pop. And what popped for me is you could see the red eyes on the, on the top of the S there. And, and to me, that's, it was just, it was just brilliant, you know, and, and it shows you sometimes simple is really good. You know, where you see these elaborate logos and you remember the New York Islanders uh, highliner uh, logo from the early, early to mid nineties, it was dreadful. Uh, I will call it the Wendell Clark era in Long Island. Um, it was just terrible. It's like, okay, so we're, we, we've gone too far into the creativity and we've gone to the bad area of the lake when it comes to that. This was, see, I referenced Lake there in Kraken. That's pretty brilliant. Um, but I, I, I just love the logo. It's simple, uh, sleek. Uh, like I say, the, it just pops. The eyes are just amazing. And, uh, I just love the name. It's it's going to be a great marketing uh, powerhouse, I think. I think for me, it'll take some getting used to for the name because it, it is a little different and a little non-traditional, but I do like the jerseys and I do like the logo. I like the video they they put out to get it rolling and that, that is going to be a divisional opponent for the Oilers here when they're in the league, I guess. Uh, when will they face off? About 14 months from now, for sure. Uh, Dave Campbell checking in tonight. All right, so the Oilers have been rolling here, Dave. Uh, you know, they got the Colby Cave Memorial Fund scrimmage game coming up on Saturday. As we approach games that count on August 1st and we have the exhibition game on on the 28th what are a couple of key storylines for you here either that you've seen so far or that were were already in your mind coming into camp well you know uh, the first thing is the health and safety aspect because this cannot get off the ground unless the health and safety holds uh, the the protocols and I know they're not in the bubble yet and this is probably the most nerve-wracking part of the this whole process of return to play is is the is this week and last week the, the, these two weeks were critical and and, you know, good result from the first week. We're, we're only two positive tests and, and those players in, in self-isolation. We learned about Caleb Jones, obviously, before phase three. That it was in phase two when he came down with his COVID-19 uh, 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 diagnosis. But that, that to me is the story, just how everyone in the league, it looks like, has held the line as far as the health goes. And then get everyone to the bubble on Sunday uh, here in Edmonton and in Toronto. And let's get going. From the Oilers aspect, it's it's the, the depth that they have. And the big three is always going to be Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. But it's what's behind them. The support is so much better. And you have so many moving parts where Tyler Ennis can move up and down. Uh, Zach Kaskin can move up and down. Uh, you have others that can do the same thing. And uh, I, I enjoy that. That that's what I'm I'm really happy to see. You know, James Neal can move up and down the lineup. Alex Chason can move up and down the lineup. Um, we hope better for Andreas Anthony to see you. So to me, it's just they have a lot of moving parts. They they're not stuck in a box like they were for uh, a few years, even in the in their playoff run uh, a few years ago in sixteen seventeen. I just see this as a more versatile lineup. And uh, I think that should bode well, hopefully, in this playoff run. What series in the qualifying round, besides the Oilers and the Blackhawks, do you think you are most interested in? Um, I would say Jets-Flames for sure. 
I'm just trying to do the, do the quick, you know. Uh, well, that's it I'm for me. Smythe division, right? Two Canadian teams. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I like the Jets goaltending with Hellebuck, but I, I think that it still could go either way. Goudreau, Monaghan, some of the Flames' big guns looking for redemption after the collapse last year against Colorado. Yeah. Here's the Dark Horse series. Uh, don't look past the Hurricanes Rangers. I think this could be a good one. And I think the Rangers could upset the Hurricanes. Uh, I think this is a dynamic lineup. I, I know they have uh, some, some flaws, but I still think they got enough high-end skill. Of course, they got Artemi Panarin, who's a Hart Trophy candidate. They're goaltending, minus uh, not including Henrik Lundqvist, but I guess you got to include him in there. But you got uh, you got Georgiev and, and, and Shirskin, and, and they are very good. They are very good. So I would say that this would be one that might fly under the radar, but I think this could be a really good series. And we'll be watching hockey all day someday, five or six games yes, we, through the first, yes, we <laughs> first three days. Now, and of course, the the, the, the round robin games, the seeding games, will not be uh, playoff games. They will have they will be regular season rules. They'll have over three on three overtime for five minutes and then a shootout if if they're tied. But the other games will be played as playoff games. All right, they're going to uh, be weird. Reed, can I just make well, one point yeah, about those course. games? They're going to be weird because. You're, they're fighting for seeding, and I'm I, I'm in quotations fighting for seeding, but there's no like okay, so you 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 get the number one seed, but does it really matter? And I guess you get the weaker opponent, but man, I just I just think that these are going to be hard games for these teams to play through, and these might be hard games to watch. I hope I'm wrong, but uh, you know the, the round robin games seem like glorified exhibition games to me. Well, yeah, and and it's it's kind of strange. And then the Oilers will play whoever finishes last in that little mini tournament. If they yeah. win, if they beat Chicago, they're the fifth seed. So there's less variance for them because they're going to play the fourth seed from that mini tournament. Whereas if they hadn't had that seeding round, it just would have been Edmonton against Dallas. And yeah, you wonder if a team loses the first two, then does the third game really matter if they're going to finish third or fourth, or maybe they're already guaranteed to finish fourth. So yeah, it it is, it is kind of strange, but it's probably the the best of a an imperfect circumstance that they have to have a qualifying because they, because they didn't want those teams sitting around doing nothing or playing actual exhibition games while other teams are in the tournament. So I think that's part of it. It's going to be a long wait for them. I think it's just going to be a long wait for those, for those eight teams, but uh, you never know. I mean, getting the games and you know, the rivalry start to form quickly and uh, you know, we'll see. So, but um, it's just uh, like you say, it's the best of an imperfect scenario and uh, you know, it'll be uh, interesting to see those seedings and how they take place. Farhan Lalji of uh, TSN has uh, posted final decision on CFL season may not happen until closer to the end of July. We were talking earlier today that maybe there'd be something tomorrow. The end of July is next Friday, so the clock's mm-hmm. ticking. Maybe it's just going to take a little longer. Well, like, tell us what, what what's going on here, Dave. Like I know you you talked to some people. What what's what is actually going on, and what has to happen for there to be some sort of a year? Okay, so we're getting down to the nitty gritty between the uh, CFL and the Players Association as far as a, a, an amended 2020 CBA. And I know the, the few people that I've talked to that I that I, I trust completely 
uh, sources, they, they've said, you know, things are going actually pretty well. The optimism is starting to grow. And I know it was reported today by Justin Dunk of Three Down Nation that the uh, the first proposal was turned down by the players to a tune of 85% of uh, one-third uh, prorated salaries of one-third, 105 days in the bubble, and other details like that. Um, now, it turns out that the bubble will not be 105 days uh, in Winnipeg. It'll be more like 11 weeks, not uh, 15 weeks. But uh, here's the key. So they could come to an agreement tomorrow or Saturday or Sunday, but it's possible they come to an agreement, very possible, uh, in the coming days, in the next day or two. But the other carrot hanging out there that must happen is the federal assistance. It's $42.5 million, so that's way down from the original ask. And I know Randy Ambrosi, the commissioner, said $150 million was the worst-case scenario. Uh, but it's $42.5 million to basically pay the players through a wage subsidy and also to operate the bubble in Winnipeg, who will be the the hub city for all nine teams should there be a season starting sometime in September. So uh, I know yesterday the um, Minister uh, of Sport, uh, Stephen Gilbeau, said that uh, we don't usually give money to uh, for-profit independent sports leagues. So, and then some people were like, oh, oh, that's it, no CFL season. But there's other avenues that the league can pursue. There's uh, the wage subsidy. Uh, there's also the pandemic, which is a pandemic-specific program. So there's that that they, they are looking at. Uh, but you need to include the American players in that as well, not just the Canadian. So there's talks about that. There's also something called the Business Development uh, Bank of uh, Canada, which is a, a small to medium-sized business loan for small to medium-sized business, I should say, which has a lower interest rate and because all this stuff has to be paid back to the government, right? So, But this might be a more favorable option for the league. So here's, here's the, the, the bottom line, the cold hard truth. The, the league and the players could come to an agreement on an amended CBA and not have an agreement with the government for funding. If the latter doesn't happen, Reed, there is no season, none. That's it. It's over. If both line up, I think the uh, the chances of a season are very, very good. And I think we're going to get a CBA agreement or more. It's more likely we'll get a CBA agreement, I should say, before we have a decision from the government on whether or not they can secure the funding. So that's why this is probably going to take another week because it can't really go beyond much into August or at all into August because the plan is, is if they do have a season, is 11 weeks in the bubble in Winnipeg for a six-game season, 18 playoff. You have to bring players in from the States, of course, and that's a lot of players who will be tested before they leave. So that's a good thing. But they have to go to their home cities first, quarantine for 14 days, and all travel to Winnipeg, tested upon arrival, and then tested on day six and day 13. And then after that, unless you're, unless you have symptoms, you won't be tested, which tells you the expense of this, right? Reed, this is an expensive thing. I mean, this is expensive for leagues that have money and are losing money, but do have a lot of money still uh, like the NHL, NBA, and, and, you know, others, uh, but for the CFL, this is an enormous cost. So that's why they need the government assistance to run the bubble, help run the bubble this year, and to pay the players. So you, you, but one won't do it. CBA won't do it alone. They need the federal assistance or there will be no season. 
I, I should just let people know here, and you might see some tweets coming out. I, I see Chris Johnston with Sportsnet is tweeting out some things. The NHL has sent out a, a video that is outlining information about life in the secure zones, the bubbles in Edmonton and Toronto. I obviously have not started watching the video because I, I, I'm on air right now. So, you know, I suggest following Chris <laughs> or some other people who might have time to watch it. And then there's a media availability with the NHL tomorrow with some more details. I did. I just, Dave, I, I quickly opened the video during the news and I thought, well, maybe it's something I can watch. And it's like 42 minutes long. Oh. <laughs> so I thought, okay, I'll have to get, I'll have to get to this a little later. I can't do it in the middle of a show. I Pop did some popcorn sort of, too. I know. I just it was for, sorry. It's forty nine minutes long. I skipped to one part, and uh, I, oddly enough, I just randomly found a little um, a page about broadcasting. They're going to have thirty two broadcast cameras in each arena. That's up from twenty that would usually be used wow. for a normal game, and they're using some sort of a new camera called a Jitta Cam that I think is going to mm. be on some sort of a large arm that'll extend and uh, new camera angles. So that will be interesting with, with the presentation that they're, they're going to jazz it up. They're going to help, uh, help the viewers maybe go to places and get angles that they haven't had in the past. It will be strange with, with new, with, with, with no fans, but for the TV viewer, I, I do think they're pretty determined to make it a unique experience. Yeah, I think so. And uh, I'm excited to see what's going to happen inside both of uh, Rogers Place and in, uh, in Scotiabank Arena in, in Toronto. And when you say they're up, I mean, they're, they're using 12 more cameras than normal. Uh, that tells you they're trying to create a, an experience uh, despite not having any fans that doesn't focus on that. So, I mean, we know where there's going to be um, some crowd noise. We know there's going to be the, the music and the, and the goal horn and things like that. Um, but look what Fox is doing with their Saturday MLB broadcasts. And they're, they're going to have virtual fans in the empty stadium. So it's going to look like the stadium's full from a, from a viewership standpoint. So it's going to be strange. It's a, it's a made for TV event world right now, just because of the, the pandemic. And, um, I'm, this is how I feel. I'm excited, but I'm kind of, I'm nervously anticipating what it's going to look like. Um, not that I'm scared. It's going to, it's going to look bad, but I just kind of just have this kind of jittery feelings going. I just wonder how it's going to look. Cause even Gary Bettman, the NHL commissioner has said, you know, it's going to look a lot different than, than we're used to. And we're, we're doing everything we can to try and compensate for no fans. So um, I can't wait to uh, see what's going to happen. And that camera that you described, that kind of reminds me of, if, I don't know if it's comparable to the cable cam you see in football, but I, I would imagine we're going to see a lot of maybe more overhead shots than, than we're used to uh, and more unique camera angles. Maybe we'll have, the you know the right on the ice ice level camera too I, I don't know but I mean there's 12 more cameras so we'll see what what this all encompasses but um, it's exciting and it's also kind of a little bit uh, you're kind of like what what are we going to see here there's a lot of uncertainty here but yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of smart people in the TV business and in the in the sports broadcasting business now and um, uh, just to see the creativity come out and to see it uh, more and more with uh, with the NHL. Uh, with the NBA, with uh, with with, but especially with the NHL right now, uh, I'm excited, and I just, I, it's like I just want to see what it's going to look like. Oh, give me the present now, but of course, we're not going to know until probably August first. 
All right. And the baseball game's in a rain delay, by the way. Uh, so uh, 4-1 Yankees in the sixth, and then it started pouring rain in Washington. Dave, thanks for checking in tonight. Hope all is well in your world. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning, okay, buddy? Thanks, buddy. Have a good one. Enjoy that 49-minute video now. Yes, I, I will. I'm sure it's going to be pretty interesting, but uh, yeah, it's too bad I wasn't shorter. I could have watched it during the commercial and updated everybody, but that's okay. We'll get you there. That's Dave Campbell, the producer of this show. It's 10 minutes before 8. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chat. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers, representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. So, yeah, tomorrow we'll get uh, more from the NHL, more from Oilers Entertainment Group about Phase 4, the return to play. So Bob Stoffer will have updates from noon to 2. I'll have more from 6 to 8 tomorrow night. This is about uh, how broadcasting is going to work, how uh, the bubble is going to work for the players and the, pe- and the other people allowed in. More details coming out tomorrow. Oilers getting ready to go. Postseason for the first time since 2017. Matt Benning was on both teams. I mean, in 2017 is my first year, and, and uh, I mean, there, there we had we had some some young guys that were playing well. Um, like me and Darnell were, were kind of younger there on the decor, especially. And then uh, I mean, we had Drake up front, and then we had a bunch of older, uh, experienced guys, um, kind of later later in their careers that that could bring a, a lot of experience to the table for a young team. I think now we got um, the core of our group has, has played a good good amount of time in the NHL and knows how to play. So I think that uh, although we don't have a ton of playoff experience, we do know how to play in uh, key situations, um, whether it's it's late in the game um, at the end of the year or that, or that sort of thing. So um, I think we know how to play. Um, I think guys are excited at the, at the, for this opportunity. We've worked hard uh, all year. So um, like I said, we're, we're extremely excited. A little bit there from Matt Benning. You can get the latest on the Oilers on 630chet.com, globalnews.ca. As, as here it is. Yes, indeed, here it is. All I want to do is make love to you by heart as we feature music from Seattle bands with the Seattle Kraken being announced as the name of the team there. And Kellen was had this up his back pocket, in his back pocket, all show that this was going to be the last song. Yeah, that's right. Here's the ballot to end the sock hop, everybody. That's right. Lights yeah. up after this. No more waiting, everybody. You better, better ask her to dance already. Uh, <laughs> thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Talk to you tomorrow at 6. Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.